American church that you see today. But the church as a whole is the timepiece of God which will determine when he returns. The scripture says that restitution must take place. Acts chapter 3 and verse 21. Let's read it together here this morning. The Bible says, Whom the heavens must receive, talking about Jesus, until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Amen. This is the timepiece of God. The heavens must hold him, retain him until the restitution. Restitution is a stronger word than restoration because in restoration you get back what you lost. Restitution, you get paid for the, not only receive back what you lost but paid in, in interest, if you will, for what has been taken from you. That's the reason why the Bible said uh, that when a thief is caught, he doesn't just restore what he took, but what does he say? You receive sevenfold. Amen? So there is a restitution for the time and the things that have been stolen. And so there must be a restoration in the world of the fivefold ministry before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus went to a man that had a withered hand and he says to him, stretch forth your hand. And he stretches forth his hand, right? And, and even though it is, it is, it is, he has a hand, it is a withered hand. The fivefold speaks to us of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. And I submit to you for the past 20 or 30 years in the American church, the, the fivefold has been withered. It has been available, but not accessed, not used. All we know today is a pastor. If you're not a pastor, you're nothing. If you, are, if you call yourself, if you are called to evangelism, you're second-class citizen. That's how people think. One day when you grow up, you'll become a pastor. No, there's five-fold ministry. The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. And all five are a part of the body of Christ that are significant in bringing the church to maturity. And if there is not, if there is only one part of the fivefold, then we are not growing and maturing, developing as though God desires for us to. We need all five. I said we need all five. If we didn't need five and only needed four, God would only gave us four. If all we needed was one, he would have just gave us, but he gave us five full ministry for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Huh? And so before there can be a return of the Lord Jesus Christ, there must be a restoring of the five-fold ministry. And there must be a restoring. We could even go, and I know you're probably not ready for this, but we could even go back and say that there must be a restitution even back to what, what uh, Adam lost in the garden. Amen. To where there is a restitution back to the original intent of what God had desired in the earth. Right? Right? And, and we know that when Jesus came, he wasn't the second Adam, he was the last Adam because there would never be another Adam. And he restored everything that Adam lost in the garden, he gained back in a garden, right? And we, 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 are, we are limited by our flesh and we cannot even receive the full measure of what Jesus did on that day and how that he restored all things back to us. But you see, before the fall of sin, we had a, had a relationship with Father God that was perfect, where that man was whole, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Where that we didn't have the, the, the torment of sin, Sickness, disease, or the devil. <clears throat> and
And if you aren't ready to receive that, then I know you can't swallow this. But man was never intended to die. So if he restored all of that, why are we still dying? It's because we have learned to accept the natural and not to walk in the fullness of the Spirit of God. It is not to put blame upon people who die. <laughs> huh? Jesus come and said it's once appointed unto man to die and then after this the judgment. And so we see that sin coming into the world has caused man to die. It was not the original intent of God for man to ever die. And we sure don't have to die sick. <clears throat> right? It's quiet up in this here Pentecostal church. We sure don't have to die sick. Whenever the Lord gets ready for us, he can just take us. Amen. Get people in a plane and then they goes down and they say, well, it was just God's, their, their time. Well, if it was their time, he didn't have to kill 200 others. That's, that's foolish talk. It's foolish talk. God has a purpose for you and I in the earth. And so what is the church supposed to look like? What is the church supposed to do? How will we know that the Lord is coming soon? How will we know that, that, that God is ready to come for his church, for his bride? Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. We'll start there. All right. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? You know, there's a lot of people saying who God is today. Don't hear a whole lot of talk about Jesus, but you hear a whole lot of talk about God. So they said, some say John the Baptist and some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and watch this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates represent government authority and he says that I, I will build a church in the earth that the authority of hell will not prevail against if Jesus were to come back before this time that scripture would be a lie if it's quiet now we'll hear crickets in a few minutes If the Lord was to return before now, that scripture would be a lie because the gates of hell have prevailed against God's church in the earth. We've won some and we've lost some. And it's not God's fault. He gave us delegated authority in the earth, but because we refuse to stand in our delegated authority in the earth, we have won some and we have lost some. But I do promise you this, there is none of God's scripture that is a lie. And before he returns, he will have a church in the earth that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Glory to God. Amen. He will have a church that is in the earth that looks like him. Because you see, the first time he came, he came looking like us. But when Jesus comes back, we're going to be looking like him. The bride of Christ, you see, the, the children of God, the sons and the daughters of God are going to reflect the goodness and the glory of the Father in the earth. And the sons and the daughters are going to be known by the love of the Father in their hearts. Amen. 
So if Jesus were to come, he, but we, we've won and we've lost, but there is coming a church. There is something that is being released. I told you that I, what the Lord spoke to me, that we must give birth to grace. And I told you that, that something was significant about the day of Pentecost this year. And there is something that even now, it continues to resonate in my heart, that it's more than just a day, but there, it, it was, a, it was a, a new season. It was a new era it was a new moment there is something being released into the earth from Pentecost till the future that is going to be unprecedented that you're going to see a church that rises up and emerges from the ashes of past gone defeats and failures that's going to rise up in the authority of the Holy Spirit and they're going to do extraordinary works in the name of the Lord amen but you see, so many people in the USA are caught up with drama. The drama of politics. The drama of media. The drama of selfist. I made that word up. But you know what I'm saying. We forget that something very important is happening because we're caught up in the drama. There are two seeds of Abraham's loins. One is the natural Ishmael and one is the supernatural Isaac. And anytime God does something in the natural, it is always a response of a, a supernatural effect. When the nation Israel has conflict in the natural, the church has conflict in the spiritual. Amen? And we are dealing with things today in America that we should be spiritually mature enough as a church to put a stop to. We, the church, should be the ones to say, stop it, it's enough. Quit your childish ways. Quit your foolishness. We're better than this. We're people of God. Amen. The world's not going to do it. Political systems cannot do it. And the devil, sure enough, isn't going to do it. So we, the church, have to rise up. And when the nation Israel has this conflict, then we have a spiritual representation that something is going on. But we've got to, I, I, I want to plead with you today. I want to plead with you today. Please stop feeding your spirit political propaganda. Please. I know people say it, and I think they, they suggest it in a, in a funny way, but it is true. You want to see this mess go away that we're dealing with in America? Turn your stupid TV off. Amen. Well, Brother Matthews, you just being, yeah, call me whatever you want to. Look here, you don't, we don't even need a spiritual guru. Let's look at, you got that ready for me? Let's look at Morgan Freeman. He's, he's spiritual, ain't he? What if I told you television is the monster in your home and it's called a program for a reason? Your television is nothing more than electronic mind alteration device that it has been designed to psychologically change the ways you view reality. If the Bible's too spiritual for you, take it from old Morgan. Amen. There is a sound in the earth today 
that must, it is reverberating across our nation that must be silenced. It must become still. It must become quieted. And the only way that it's going to be still and quieted is for the church to release an alternate sound. And as long as we stay behind our stained glass windows and as long as we stay reserved and as long as we stay in a place of our isolation, we will never affect our culture. But we must cry aloud and spare not and lift up our voice like a trumpet and show this people their transgressions. Oh, Morgan Freeman. There's a prophetic alert. I don't know how many have heard of Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson is known as one of the top prophetic voices in the world today. And on, see, June the 1st, he released this. He said, and I'm going to read it to you. On the night of May 30th, while praying and pacing over the United States in my home around 2 a.m., a demonic entity appears right before me in uh, open vision. This type of encounter has only ever happened one other time while I was ministering in a foreign country in 2015. I have always engaged in this type of spiritual warfare while asleep and dreaming prophetically, but rarely, if ever, to this degree while awake. This demonic entity had a visible and deep scar underneath its right eye, but it also had an ability to uh, rather change forms. He said, I watched this being, uh, begin morph several times right in front of my, me, and yet the gash below its right eye remained. It points its finger right in my face and says, I exist to deceive the whole world. And just as there is a forerunner for the kingdom of God to go before the Son of Man, so I am a forerunning spirit in the kingdom of darkness that has been sent before the coming of the man of lawlessness. And I continued, and the scar underneath my uh, right eye has come at the hand of a praying church. For many of them in this hour have begun to detect our true plans and purposes for disrupt systems, diversion of attention, and releasing chaos in the land. He says three things I've come to do. Disrupt, bring disruptive systems, bring divided or divert attention, and to release chaos. And at this point an encount, in the encounter, the hair on my body began to stand straight up as I had never been told anything like this at length by a demonic entity. And suddenly, all I could describe as the authority and the mind of Christ came upon me and I pointed my finger back at this demon and demanded, who is the source behind your power and influence? And it began to laugh hysterically and a sound that still haunts me. And with great rage, the demon answered and roared, the media. I fixed my gaze upon him and said, you devil, that has come to deceive the whole world through media and has begun to expose right now. I command you in the name of Jesus to reveal your agenda. And he sneered and began to manifest and foul odor. And the first odor was the smell of fear. And I saw coronavirus spreading across the whole world and the spirit attached of fear to it. And the second was a wave and a stench of demon manifest was hate. And I saw cities on fire and racism escalating. And the third wave was a wave of greed. And it was strong, a strong, the strongest smell of them all. He goes on to talk about how that these, these, all of these have attached to them the spirit of greed. The virus has a spirit of greed connected to it. 
I wondered why it was that they was counting all of these people as having died with the virus, but then I found out. It's how the hospital makes money. And we have, and, and this is no way, this is no way a finger against those who have been on the front lines and we've got, we've got people, a bunch of folks right here. I look around and I see them here and I know they're watching on video, whatever today. But we have several people that are on the front lines, work at the hospital, work whatever, an emergency, all of that. It's no way pointing a finger, but I'm telling you it's a spirit of greed behind it. Because if you have coronavirus, you're determined to have coronavirus, then they get $17,000. But if they have to put you on a ventilator, you get $34,000. It's a spirit of greed. What is there to gain by all of the foolishness that is going on in our nation? Now, I told you the last two weeks that I didn't even feel qualified to talk about this racial thing. But if you don't speak about it, then they say you're racist. And if you, don't, if you do speak about it, they call you racist. And I'm going to say some things here today that may ruffle feathers, you may not like or you may like. It don't matter to me. I, I, I've prayed through it and I, I know it to be true. I understand because of having black friends, African-American friends, whatever you want to call them, however you want to call them, whatever is politically correct, I want to do that. But I know that there is injustice in America. I know that, that there are some that are, have suffered at the hands of violence and what happened to George, it, it, it should never happen to no, no animal, let, a, let alone a human being. And we should be remorseful for what took place that day. But what is going on in our nation today has nothing to do with George. Amen. And there is no way the media, this demon spirit called the media, wants you to believe and wants to make me believe that America is all racist. I did a little bit of research. Multicultural African-Americans make up 14% of the population in America. 14%. If you, if all of the, the research that I could do on all of these riots and stupidity that's been going on in our cities, that would be about 1% if they were all African American. They're, they're not. But if they were all African American, all of the riots combined would make up 1% of the African American population in America. Secondly, you're not going to make me believe that anybody is stupid enough to go and destroy their own city where they buy food, where they get clothes, where they get all of these things. No, George Soros is behind it. He's a communist. His niece is a politician too. You can search it out and find out where. And we see this stuff and the media, this demon of media, gets all of this stuff and makes it, blows it out of proportion to suddenly everybody's a racist. And everybody in America hates other people of, that aren't their skin tone. 
And the reality of it is, is African Americans are not near, they don't, they're, they're, they're probably uh, outraged at what went on, but they're neither are they crazy. And there isn't as many white folks that are, that are racist as what the media wants to make it sound like. How do you know that, Pastor? Because prior to President Trump, we had an African-American president. And you don't elect an African-American president if only 14% of them are African-American without the white vote. Why don't the media tell you that? Because it's demonic. They want us all to believe. They want us to get at each other's throats. They want us to, to kill one another. They don't care about us. They don't care about you. They don't care about the tone of your skin. They've got one agenda, and that is to bring about a new world order. And it is an antichrist spirit that is loose in the earth, and the church has to wake up. Government will not fix this problem. Tear down all of the idols that you want to. Take down every statue in America and, and, and this, this issue will still be at hand. Burn down all the cities till there's nothing left and this issue will still be at hand. Because it is not a racial issue, it is a heart issue. And at the heart of sin, sin when iniquity abounds, the Bible said the love of many will wax cold. And in this last day, we will take on false prophets and with these spirits that are infiltrating into our mind. And all we're hearing is, is this and this and this 24 hours a day. Seven, turn off your television. Get into the presence of God. Hear the sounds of heaven and begin because until we hear the sound of heaven, we'll never be able to release the sound of heaven. And the only thing that's going to stop the roar of the media in our nation today is when my people which are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek the heart of God and begin to stand flat footed in the ground of this nation and say we're not about to allow you to destroy us devil we were established to worship God our forefathers crossed the waters put their lives at jeopardy so that we could stand in this nation and declare that he and he alone is God and we refuse to allow you and your spirit to destroy us now I don't stand here today ignorant that America has sin problems But you've got to quit letting this political system infiltrate your spiritual life and silence the voice. Silence the voice of the media. I told you, and, and those who have been here the last month or so or two months, whatever it's been, I told you that that this thing has a spirit connected to it. It's called a spirit of fear. I've been in third world countries. You all know me. I'm your pastor. You know me. I, I don't world travel all over the world. I do, we do do missions and things like that. But I have never been in a third world country where I felt such a spirit of fear that I have felt come upon America. Never. None of, my, none, of, none of my travels have I ever felt a spirit of fear come up as I felt in this nation in the last two months. The spirit of fear comes to divide us. I told you also that this, this spirit comes to, to, to divide us. 
I talk to pastor friends, churches are dividing over this stupid stuff. Talked to one last week. They get on Facebook talking. Well, I can't go to a church where they don't wear a mask. I'll never be back. And then somebody else blasting those who wear a mask. Listen, everybody's got different places in their life that they are. If you need to wear a mask, then praise God. If you don't wear a mask, praise God. Amen. Some people have gone through things that they don't have an immune system. And it's not just about this virus. They need to be careful about different things. Use wisdom. But bless God, don't allow the devil to divide you over stupidity. Amen. We're here to love one another. We're here to care about one another. We're here to take care of one another. Huh? We have people that are the churches dividing over all, all, all this racial stuff. It should never be. I heard a man, I, I, wish I had my phone, I'd bring it up. It was one of the most profound things I'd ever heard. And it came from a man, he said, he said he wasn't black, he was brown. And he said, God created us all from the dirt of the earth that brought different tones to us, skin tones. But he said, I am not black because black says there is no light. And he said, I'm a child of light. So don't call me and my family black. This is him. He said, you want to be called black, I'll call you black. But he said, I'm brown because the light's in me. It doesn't matter the pigment of your skin. Whenever I was in Nigeria, they would run around. I would be, be in the car with the driver and he would be driving me around and they'd be pointing, a weebo, a weebo. And uh, I didn't know what in the world it was. I said, what are they saying? He said, not the man of God. No, no man of God. I said, this has got to be something. So I finally, on the last day, I said, I'm fixing to leave. I'm leaving you all the stuff I didn't eat. I'm leaving you some clothes. I don't care if they fit or not. You can have them. But I said, before I get on that plane, you're going to tell me what a Weibo means. He said, he said, it means a white black man, albino. I guess they seen these big lips. <laughs> Amen. Listen, my brothers and sisters, don't allow the pigment of your skin to separate you. Know that we are one blood. Huh? We are one blood. We all came from the dirt, the clay. Now, I've got some more news for you. Y'all you, probably don't know this, and I don't know where you may be watching, but, but God created all of humanity right here in West Virginia. Because the Bible says that he took the dirt, the dust of the earth, when you look at it, it means red clay. We got plenty of it. So I've come to the conclusion, he started it right here. <laughs> if you can't laugh a little bit, you got to loosen up, right? There's an antichrist spirit that is in the earth today. What does antichrist mean? Exactly what it says. It's anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-Christ. 
But before he comes back, he will have a church in the earth that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Amen. I'm almost done. How much time? I... Is that all right? Y'all are quiet today. I don't know what you came thinking you was going to get, but I'm releasing a sound here. I'm releasing something in the spirit. Amen. He's going to have a church in the earth. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. He said, for you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. He said, the spirit of fear, don't allow it to get on you. It's not, it's not of God. It'll pull the life out of you. But he said, I've given you a spirit of adoption. Now, the spirit of adoption here in the New Testament is not referring to the same thing that, that it does in our culture today. Our culture today, it speaks, it, it, it talks about somebody who doesn't have a family, right? And who has not, doesn't have a family that, that either they're deceased or they do not want them. And they become uh, uh, somebody who, who needs to be adopted or brought into a family. It means, but whenever... You look at it in the New Testament culture, it is not referring to that. It means the child has grown now and is ready to take on the family business. They move into full authority of the family. The family money, the family business, the family authority. And so the father would call people in the city together and make a public announcement so that everyone in the city would know and understand that this person now has authority to represent the family fully. He would baptize the son. And by the way, this, this has nothing to do with gender. Just as I, as a male, can be a part of the bride, you ladies can be a part of the sons. Amen? Because it has nothing to do with gender. If a man can be a part of the bride, then the, then the, uh, then the woman can be a part of the sons. The bride has to do with intimacy. And the sonship has to do with authority. I'm going to say that again. The bride has to do with the intimacy of Christ, but the sonship has to do with the authority. And so they baptized them publicly and said, this is my son and whom I am well pleased. And this is what took place when Jesus was baptized. This is why Jesus did not do anything until this happened. Because he was not yet given full authority in the earth to fulfill his assignment until he was recognized at baptism which said that he has come from a child to a son. Are you with me? He is no longer a child. It says, unto us a child was born, and unto us a son was given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. The Bible doesn't say that the government will be upon the child's shoulders. The child cannot bear it. He says the government... The authority 
will be upon the son's shoulders because he has come into authority. He has come into maturity. He has come into development. And you see, we are predestined to be adopted as sons and daughters of God. God chose you for a purpose. God, God has a plan to, to mature you from a child to a full mature son and daughter, which is a part of fully functioning in the ecclesia, in the church, taking the authority that has been rightfully given to you and fully representing God in the earth. Not some kind of third and fourth passed down thing. Not some, not some third, fourth grandparent, granddaughter, grand, no, no, son, daughter. And you have been given authority in the earth. Huh? You have been given authority in the earth. God has given you and I authority in the earth. Why is it so hard for us to believe that? Because we don't want to accept that responsibility. Oh, it must not be God's will. It ain't happening. No, we're too lazy. Huh? And I know I say things sometimes and people say, well, you're... you're preaching heresy or whatever but you got to listen to me all the time not just one time because if you just listen to one thing I say then it can be taken out of proportion but the canon of the book is too big to preach on any given moment or time amen But we have been given delegated authority in the earth to be the sons and the daughters of God and we, the church, why hasn't Jesus come yet? Because the church hasn't got ready yet. The church is God's timepiece. Until the heavens must receive him until the time of restitution of all things. How is it going to be restored if the church is going around acting like the world? How is there going to be restoration in the earth if God doesn't have a people to work through? Romans 8, the earth is groaning for the manifestation, not of children, but of sons. Maturity. Huh? It's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. God hasn't called us to come and sit on pews and hold the fort till he comes. The devil is a liar. God has called you and I, raised us up into sonship, into spiritual authority to undo, outdo, and overdo everything the devil has ever, ever done where there is no trace of a devil, where the kingdom of God is established within you. And out of that establishment of God's kingdom in you, you begin to declare the things of God in the earth and say, kingdom of God, come, and will of God be done and we're enforcers of the kingdom of God in the earth you want to stop racism you want to stop this foolishness then become mature in the things of the spirit where that we're not wishy-washy and washed about by every wave of doctrine and every foul spirit that is coming but rise in a place of maturity till you know who you are in Christ Jesus that you are the righteousness of God that you are the strength of God that you have the power of God you speak as God in the earth and you declare kingdom of God come will of God be done in the earth 
Well, Brother Matthews, I don't think we'll see it till we get to heaven. If that's your hope, then just hold on, baby. But God has a different plan. He said, pray, kingdom of God come, will of God be done, not in heaven, but in earth. I'm here to tell you today, if you don't get some heaven in you, you'll never be able to go to heaven. You've got to get heaven on the inside of you and release a sound that sounds like heaven. Hallelujah. Love, joy, peace, a sound mind. He has given us the strength. He has given us the power. He has given us the authority. We've got to mature into this thing and rise up and say, we're not going to look to a political system we're not going to look to an economy we're not going to look to a race but we're going to look to the author and the finisher of our faith and he has given us strength he has given us anointing and we will declare the work of the Lord in the earth oh somebody praise him today Romans 8 says he goes back and forth between this thing of child and son, child and son, immature and maturity. And he says the earth is groaning, not for children, but sons. Mature. Can I tell you today the Lord is looking for a church that will mature. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not mad at nobody but the devil. And I know that there's a lot of this seeker stuff that where you just have to get in the church and out of the church in 45 minutes and got to have donuts and coffee. And I'm not against that. I like a donut and coffee. But after you have you a donut and coffee, you better get you some power. You better mature. You better grow up. Huh? You got to grow up to when the donuts run out, you still come to the house of God. Amen? I'm preaching better than you letting on today. I know you, you don't want to say too much because you don't know where I'm going yet, but I'm almost done. This this. Americanized church has dwarfed it down until the human mind can conceive it. If we cannot tell a person how it happened or how it worked, we don't want it in our churches. Because that will confuse and cause fear to come. Amen. So we've made it illegal in the church for supernatural things. We only want what we can tell you. This is how it happened. I studied for 32 hours and I brought this development into this atmosphere and now I released that and when I released that you felt tingles God help us I long for the day again I'm old enough I've seen it before but I long for the day when again I see church a part of the kingdom that you can't explain. You want to get families right? Get the church right. See, I'm old enough that I've seen the drunkard come in, stagger up the aisle fall face first into the altar and slurred words he would ask Jesus to come into his life and get up from that place speaking in another language 
sober as any man alive. Explain that. You got to drink a bunch of coffee to get over that, right? That's what I've been, what, what I've been told anyways. It takes time to get that out of your system. All that stuff. But supernatural power can turn it around in a moment. We have become complacent and satisfied with the mundane and what the flesh is able to produce in the church. Whenever God says, I'm looking for sons, I'm looking for maturity. I'm looking for you to get over yourself and get over the flesh and, and realize it's not about all of the voices you're hearing. I'm looking for a people in the earth that I can give my business to where they will go and be my voice in the earth and will silence the foolishness of the devil. There is an antichrist spirit that is loose in our nation today and it's running havoc because there's no sound coming out of the church. When you get to a level of authority of sonship, spiritual sons and daughters, you do more than just enjoy the benefits of being a part of the family. This is when you walk in authority. And this is when we can heal the earth. This is when we can heal the land. Amen. I've had people leave my church before because I made this statement. They even called the authority on me, leadership on me, because they didn't tell the whole statement. They said, Pastor Matthew said that he needed our seat. He didn't care if we left or not. That ain't what I said. They never said the whole statement. I told them, if you are prejudiced and you have a problem with a black brother, a brown brother, a red sister sitting beside of you, then we need your seat anyways. Amen. I don't travel around this world and get on an airplane and fly for 21 hours to go preach to every, all, the, all there is is black folks there because I'm prejudiced. I don't go to South America and preach there in, in, in different conditions because I hate Latinos or you hearing me? I do it because God's put a maturity. I, I'm no, I'm, I haven't arrived. Can anybody agree with that? You haven't arrived yet. But my God, we're on our way. Don't be playing. There, there, I'm trying to stop. There is an exchange going on. There's an exchange of power that is taking place. And the Bible refers to the church as children in the marketplace. Children, not sons. Because if it was sons, if it was maturity, we wouldn't be playing like marbles, shooting marbles on the ground in the marketplace. But just above our head, there's transfer of power. There's transfer of authority. And somebody needs to rise up in the middle of it and capture what is being transferred above our heads and say we're not going to be silent anymore we're not going to be passive anymore we're not going to be sitting around with pacifiers and just be satisfied with going to mundane services we're going to capture what's going on in the spirit realm we're going to capture the sound and we're going to release a sound into the earth that's going to silence the spirit of racism that is going to silence the spirit of fear and torment that is going on in our land today we have to be the voice that silences it and I don't have a national platform I don't have to tell you that I don't have a national platform but I've got this platform 
And so I'm going to speak from this platform to the world that I affect and tell you that before we hear the sound of the trumpet, there's got to be a sound in the church. What does that sound sound like? It sounds like Jesus. Amen. It sounds like Holy Spirit. It's the sounds of heaven that are invading the earth. Because when we hear what we hear in the heavens, we hear in our heart, in our spirits, then we can release into the earth what God wants to do. I'm almost done. How many times have I told you that? Miss Amy, how about helping me? I'm going to give you four things real quick. I don't have time to preach them. You've been very kind with your time this morning. But you can search it out on your way through the week. There's four things in this last day church that this last day church will be. Number one, we will be unequaled in power. John 14 and 12 said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father which is in heaven. When will you know Jesus is coming? When you start seeing an unequaled powered church in the earth. We've got to quit preaching about it and start doing it. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Deliver the oppressed. Amen? That's what God's called us to do. We're unequaled in power. Somebody says, how can you do more miracles than Jesus did? He's not talking about doing more or greater miracles than Jesus. He's talking about in, in more of them. Because Jesus was only one person in the earth, but now around this world, we have the same power that lived in Jesus living in us. So now we lay hands on the sick. We cast out devils. We speak with new unequaled power in the earth. Number two, there'll be an unequaled purity. The Lord is going to purify this last day church. Judgment's not going to start at the White House. Judgment's not going to start at the Capitol. Judgment's not going to start in political system or nowhere else. Judgment must begin at the house of God. Purity. And when we have that unequal purity, then we'll have unequaled unity. Amen. Jesus prayed in John 17 a prayer that God, had, Father God has yet to answer. And that is, God, Father, make them one as we are one. But how many believe that Father God will not allow this prayer to go unanswered? He's going to answer this prayer just like he answers every prayer. And in this last day, the church is going to have an unequaled unity. And out of that unequaled unity is going to come an unequaled intimacy. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, he said, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. He's talking about the end time church. He's talking about a church that is intimate with him and knows who he is and they know who God is. And as a result, we are, have an intimacy that we cannot be separated from Father God. There is a sound. Hope this isn't too heavy for you today. If it is, go back and listen to it again. Let it get in your spirit. Let it become a part of who you are. Let it become a part of the DNA until we begin to release a sound. You know why we don't release a sound? It's because we don't have the courage to do it.
We don't know who we are. But when you know who you are, you can release us out. Amen. Stand with me today. only one race it's the human race there's only one blood no matter the pigment of your skin there's only one blood and the enemy wants to come to divide us but God wants to unite us to release a sound into the earth amen You that are here today and I'm your pastor, you know me, you know that I don't dictate to you what to do, but I want to suggest to you in the end of this service today, I want to suggest to you today, it's a suggestion, suggest to you today to turn the media off for this week and see if there isn't a peace comes in your house. Just, just test it. Just try it. Turn the media off. Turn the news off. Quit allowing it to infiltrate into your spirit. And take that time that you generally would listen to the news. Get in the Word. And hear the sounds of heaven. Just for this week. Just this week. If it don't do anything for you, then forget it. But if it's true, what I'm preaching today is true, then there'll be a change in your house. There'll be a change in you. Amen. I know I keep talking about it, but I've never seen such. I, you know I read this week where people are so scared that they're, in America they're sleeping with their lights on. not turning their lights out. That's what a spirit of fear will do. I don't know if you've ever felt a spirit of fear before or not, but I have. I've felt it come and grip me and try to choke the life. I'm talking about felt physically the life and gasping. Had it happen once here in America and once in Africa. That spirit of fear will come and it'll grip you and it'll, it'll try to take the life out of you. And you got to speak back. And how are you going to speak if you don't know the word? So we got to get in the word. So I'm just suggesting to you this week, for one week, turn the media off. Don't let it get into you. And get in the word. If you don't, you know, get in the word. Get in worship. Huh? If you don't, if you, you know, if you don't feel like you can read as much, then just turn on the Bible app. Let it read to you. Turn worship music on while you're sleeping. Amen. I've had people say, Pastor, we can't sleep at the house. It's turmoil and chaos. I said, change what you're listening to. It'll work. You can't sleep at night having nightmares, having dreams and turmoil is going on in your spirit. Turn worship music on and allow it to get in your spirit even while you're sleeping and see if it doesn't shift everything. Amen. I don't have any preconceived idea what we're going to do in this altar service today. don't know how. I just, releasing my soul, releasing what I've heard from heaven, doing my best. Speak to you today. I don't know where you may be, what you may be doing, or where you may be at in your walk or in the life, whatever you may need today. But I do know this. God wants us to come into maturity. 
to where we know who we are, spiritual sons and daughters that have come into authority so we can release the sounds of heaven. We can make a difference. I said, you can make a difference. You may feel like, well, I, I'm just insignificant. No, you can make a difference. You are somebody special. You can, you, you, there are people in your sphere of life that you can influence by the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And we just got to release that sound. Not the sound of fear, not the sound like the world, but the sound of heaven flow into our lives. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I don't know. I just feel like it. <laughs> Praise God. Father, I love you. I thank you for your presence here today. God, I pray that every heart that is here, everyone that is watching, God has a spirit of perception to see even, God, if, if I didn't articulate it quite right with words, that God, that they will grab it in the spirit and they will receive from my heart today. God, what it is that I'm trying to convey to your people. God, that we don't allow this demonic voice of media this demonic voice to hinder us and to back us into a corner and divide us but God we cry aloud we spare not we lift up our voice like a trumpet and God we declare the kingdom of God has come unto us I pray father in this moment that in this place that you will help each and every one of us to become the sons and the daughters of God that you desire for us to be I pray that there become a holy hunger. I pray for a holy discontent that will come into our hearts and into our lives where we're no longer satisfied with the mundane and what the flesh can produce. But God, that we mature to a place of spiritual sonship. And we grab hold of what is going on, the exchange that's taking place. And we say that we will not allow it to be bound up by the enemy or this antichrist spirit. But we, the sons and the daughters of God, will take authority and control. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. Can we worship just a moment?